Hello, everybody, and happy Friday. It is so good to be here with you today. It is our first episode in June, which is sort of just like the quintessential summer kickoff, even though I know like Memorial Day is, and I know technically like summer doesn't really start until like June 20th or 21st. But I am here. I will be on summer schedule so soon. And so I hope you can, you know, get excited, expect a little bit more, maybe on the Instagram. I don't know about the TikTok, guys. I'm really, I'm trying. I'm thinking about it. We'll see. But I have so much in store for you. I'm so excited about the summer ahead. And so we're going to just dive right into our beauty buzz list. I have three things. So we're going very traditional tonight, but one of them is sort of like a, a reef a review, if you will. I'm revisiting um, a topic that I talked about in an earlier episode that I said I would get back to and I said I would come back to and I'm doing it. So I will dive right in to the first Beauty Buzz item, which is talking about acids. And I know that seems weird, like not, we're not talking drugs, we're talking face acids. And so which acid is right for you is really what we're focusing on. Instead of being allured by pretty packaging and, you know, the detail that says it's going to make your face glow, you know, from within in a day's time, you really got to know which acid is right for you. And so that's what I'm here to talk about for item number one. You know, your girl's got her list. She's got her notes. We've upgraded. We've got a big notebook tonight. I mean, so many things. And, you know, I've got products. So I last week was just a beauty buzz list. So many of you loved the summer makeup dupe. So thank you so much for reaching out and telling me how much you loved them. But know that on the Instagram at beautybergpod, P-O-D, um, I post in my highlights all of the links for you for shopping. If you are someone who's like, I heard about that product on the podcast, I need it. Your girl's got it. So make sure you go check out my highlights if you are interested in the summer makeup dupes from last week's episode. But know that any of the products I talk about tonight will also be posted on the Instagram highlights as well. So you know I got you. So for acids, we're going to dive into talking about which ones are going to be right for your skin concerns. And so I want to talk about first my favorite. Actually, We'll talk about my favorite last because it kind of segues into story number two. So we'll talk about some of my other favorites, hyaluronic acid, one that a lot of people know about. Yes, it is. It's attracting moisture from surrounding environments and binds it to your skin. So I think a lot of people assume that hyaluronic acid adds moisture, but what it's really doing is it's attracting the moisture that's already on your skin and around your skin and sealing it in, if you will. And so super important to have if you've got dry skin. Um, it holds 1,000 times its weight in water. It plumps and moisturizes, and it's ideal for all skin types, but especially dry skin. You cannot go wrong with a hyaluronic acid serum. My personal favorite, and it's not just because they were like, hey, we, you know, can you rate this product and review it and share it out. Um, it is the Fervor Fermented Hyaluronic Acid Serum. You can get it at Target, super affordable. But fermented skincare, I've talked about that before on an earlier episode, it's way more concentrated. And so it's going to, to 
give you better results. It's going to penetrate even deeper. And that's absolutely what you want for a hyaluronic acid. So that would be my top pick for that. Um, another big one that I feel like we were probably introduced to as teenagers or maybe young girls um, is salicylic acid. And that is one that it exfoliates. It's really well known for treating acne. It's anti-inflammatory. It promotes collagen turnover, which I did not know. That's pretty great. But it is ideal for acne-prone skin. You want to go for something that's 2%. You want this in a gel cleanser after your um, first water or, or I'm sorry, oil-based cleanser. Um, you want this in a serum. And so this is something that if you're really focusing on breakouts, salicylic acid is where you want to go. I really think there are so many different brands that have so many different awesome salicylic acid products. Some of my favorites are, I know some of these are expensive, <laughs> Dr. Dennis Gross, great brand, Paula's Choice, awesome brand for salicylic acid. The Ordinary is one of those brands that is super affordable and has so many different options for you to try. So if you're someone who's like, I really don't know if I want to give this a go, go with The Ordinary. It's affordable and it's still going to give you great results. Um, and so salic sal salicylic acid, that's how you say that, um, is number two. Our third is lactic acid. This is an alpha hydroxy acid. It exfoliates, it brightens your complexion, it speeds up cell turnover, and it is ideal for sensitive skin. So lactic acid is definitely one that I don't really ever think to use. It's just not something that I really need in my repertoire. But if you're someone who's really looking to brighten up your complexion, you're feeling dull, you're feeling sort of just like sallow is the other word that I'm thinking of. That's going to help you out. Speeds up cell turnover. So we're looking for that rejuvenated skin. Again, going to brighten up and bring forth, you know, all of the blood cells and make your skin look healthier, which is what we want. Uh, the next one up is L-ascorbic acid. So this is essentially vitamin C. I mean, that's that's what it's going to be in your in your product. It's anti-aging. It's an antioxidant. It prevents UV damage and it brightens your skin tone and it's ideal for all skin types. I promise you a post about or a, a post, an episode about vitamin C is forthcoming. I promise. I'm getting there. I'm going to figure it out. I've got some products lined up. Going to try them out. Um, but with L-ascorbic acid, I know that the other brands that I already talked about Dr. Dennis Gross, um, Impala's Choice, definitely good brands to try out for that. Glycolic acid is definitely one that a lot of people have tried or are familiar with. Anti-aging, exfoliating, reducing fine lines, treating acne, evening your skin tone, fading dark spots, ideal for all skin types. But I would say definitely with caution. I think for glycolic acid, there are peel pads from Pixie, um, which you can get at Target. And they're very similar to like how, remember like Noxzema pads, like that you'd swipe all over your face or Clearasil. It's not like that, but it does have that same sort of idea. It's a peel pad that you just wipe over, excuse me, your face, leave on for two minutes and then splash water. I definitely have seen a difference when using these, but I definitely use them sparingly, even though they're supposed to be safe enough to use, like, I think they say like up to three times a week. That's just not for me. Um, but you're definitely going to notice, I, I almost want to say like a glycolic acid is going to be that one that like gives you like a little mini facial, you know? Yeah. 
That's what I'm saying. So our last one that we're going to talk about, and it's going to segue into our next topic, is retinol. So that is an acid. It's vitamin A. It reduces fine lines, increases collagen, fades, age spots, treats, acne. And it says it's ideal for skin, all skin types, but sensitive skin should use the lowest percentage available. I will say I have two front runners for retinol. And one is the Skin Better brand, Alpharet, which is expensive. It's medical grade, but it is worth it. Um, and my other one is Sunday Riley, and it's A+. And that one is also expensive, but also worth it. And I think retinol is is my game changer. That is the one that like I'm not giving up. I think if you're going to choose a retinol for acne-prone skin, like I'm taking out salicylic acid and I'm adding in retinol. Um, I think it just runs the gambit with skincare concerns, but that's just a personal opinion of mine. Some people will say that about vitamin C and some people will say you need the vitamin C in the morning and you need your retinol at night. Very few brands have a vitamin C and a retinol that you can use together at the same time. Like if you're putting them on at night or putting them on in the morning, they don't necessarily react well to one another. And I feel like I've talked about that in other episodes, but know that you really have to check and make sure that the products that you're using can work together. So that's why I try to stick to the hyaluronic acid works well with others, right? It's the golden retriever of skincare. Retinol, it's kind of like a, I don't want to say chihuahua, but it's like the dog that like sort of gets along with others, but not always, you know, like it's not always going to be everybody's best friend. Vitamin C is the same way. Okay. So keep that in mind moving forward with acids, but retinol, alpha ret from skin better and the a plus from Sunday Riley. Also, there was somebody recently that asked me, they were like, I really want like a gentle retinol. I find that my first, my gateway drug into retinol was the Sunday Riley Luna sleeping oil. And that was a game changer for sure. And it has, um, it's like a drier oil. It absorbs beautifully, but it has blue tansy, which counteracts the strength of the retinol in terms of the, I shouldn't say the strength, it doesn't weaken it, but it helps with the sensitivity for the retinol. And I was so crushed when I couldn't use that product when I first got pregnant. Um, love my babies, but know that yes, retinol cannot be used when you're pregnant. And so um, it's it's definitely a product that's going to do its job. And so that's just a little bit about retinol because we're going to keep talking about retinol in item number two, beauty buzz list. I would say that you got to kind of dance delicately when it comes to retinol if you've never tried it before. And that brings me to when we talked about our skincare order. So when we talked about the order of the products, at the end of the article that I was talking about, it said to put on moisturizer and then add your retinol. What I think they were trying to say is what we call a retinol sandwich or just a skincare sandwich, if you will. When you take a product that is extremely concentrated and it's new to your skincare routine, you put on a light, light layer of your moisturizer, then you apply that new product or that retinol, and then you apply another light layer of moisturizer. So while it's going to still let that 
acids sink into your skin. It's not going to be so concentrated and so strong. And so it gives your chance, it gives your skin a chance to adjust and absorb and get used to the product. And so I do think that's probably where that skincare article was coming from. It just didn't finish the sandwich, if you will. It didn't finish with that other layer of moisturizer. This is something that I never did because I started with the Luna oil. And I think that that was soft and gentle enough to not need the retinol sandwich, if you will. But I absolutely did that with the Skin Better Alpha Ret. I, it's a big dog. It carries a lot of weight. It's thrown its weight around. And so you've got to be careful when you're using a stronger retinol. So absolutely look at your favorite moisturizer, thin layer, add the retinol. No more than a pea size amount. There are so many people that like put, you know, like the whole pump or the whole, or I'm sorry, the whole dropper or like several pumps. No. Pea size amount. Never apply to your under eye area. There are a lot of people that are like, oh, but I want like those crow's feet and those lines. Retinol is going to be strong enough to kind of wear down that, that thin, thin skin under our eyes. And we don't want that. It is a strong product for a reason, but we need it to work on the skin that's capable of, of handling it. And so the easiest thing to do is to apply just a little bit of Vaseline or a thick version, you know, a thicker amount of moisturizer there and kind of let it sit as a barrier. And if you don't want to keep it, just kind of wipe it off gently. But you really want to make sure you're not hitting the eye area with your retinol. And I think a lot of people, when they read that in their directions, are like, yeah, obviously I'm not going to get it in my eye. That's not what they're saying. They're saying truly like we're talking lids, we're talking under eye. You can lightly dab, you know, at the sides of your crow's feet, but you've really got to watch and make sure that that retinol is not getting into those thin, thin parts of our skin because that's going to sort of wear it down even more. And if we're talking dark circles, which is actually our third, uh, this, oh, this beauty buzz list is just segueing beautifully, but that is where you really want to be careful. And again, with retinol, you know, your girl's going to say it. Get your damn SPF out and put it on your face. Everywhere. Everywhere. So retinol, again, super sensitive to sun. Super, you're going to be that much likelier to burn in the sun. I don't care if you never burn. Don't do it. All right? And I know there are a lot of companies right now that are coming out with retinol body moisturizers. And again, so important to apply that sunscreen because your skin is that much more susceptible to burning. So you heard me say it, you're going to hear me say it again. So that is Beauty Buzz item number two is sort of circling back to that moisturizer retinol, which one goes first. If you're a retinol newbie or it's a new retinol product for you, you're going to want to sandwich it up. Moisturizer, retinol, moisturizer. Item number three, like we were talking about with those under eye dark circles, I recently saw a post about someone who was just raving about an under eye concealer covering their dark circles and making them look beautiful. And I wanted to be like, it's not just that concealer, right? There's a little bit more work to be done, especially with more mature skin, especially as we age and we've got more skin concerns. Um, And so I'm here today to talk about some basic 
color correcting. I think it is so overlooked in the beauty world, and I think it is something that needs to be talked about more. But essentially, color correcting is what you're doing before you put on your concealer or your foundation or the rest of your makeup. You are treating the areas of concern with a color that's going to essentially, quote unquote, erase that problem. And then you can go in with lighter product. And what I mean by lighter is lighter, you know, less amount, if you will. And so um, I am a big proponent of, of wearing peach color corrector on my under eyes and then putting on my concealer. My concealer alone, as much as I love it, is not going to do the job by itself. It's just not. I don't care, especially if you're someone that loves lighter coverage with your concealer or with your foundation, you want color correction so that you can go in with lighter product. And so I'm here to break it down for you. Um, This is where my notes come into play. I had like all that other stuff on my notes and I just like memorized it, I guess. So color correcting, I want to talk about really what colors are we looking at and why. So when you're thinking color correcting, you have to think about the color wheel and the fact that if your color concern is blue, the opposite color on the color wheel is orange. Don't quote me on that, but that's like where I'm going. Um, So you always want to hit the opposite of the color wheel. But in case you're not someone who just carries around a color wheel all the time, um, I have the color tips for you right now. So like I said, um, peach is going to, it's peach and like a lighter orange, making sure we're not going too dark with the orange, is ideal for masking signs of fatigue around the eye area. So it's giving sallow skin, um, much needed dose of brightness and radiance, and it can be used even on top of foundation if you feel like your foundation maybe isn't blending because those colors are similar to the skin tone, right? So peach and a lighter orange under the eye for getting in those kind of the bluish gray colors, okay? Um, If we're looking at yellow, it's a color corrector perfect for hiding purple or blue bruises or veins or under eye circles. So that if you have more of a blue undertone, you kind of want to fix with yellow. So I said orange, but I guess my color wheel is a little bit off. And so it's also saying the shade can also be used as an eye primer because a lot of us do tend to have some veins that show as we age on our eyelids. And so that's a good color corrector, a good base before you put on your eyeshadow. If we're talking purple, which purple is one of those, like when I was doing sort of the research, if you will, for the products, purple's a hard one to find, but your girl's got you. So you're using this shade to eliminate any yellow skin undertones, Um, so typically maybe you're doing this around the nose, um, anywhere you kind of feel like your skin's just not looking its best, that purple is kind of going to bring it out. Green is probably the one that people know the most about. And so it's covering redness, it's covering breakouts, it's covering, um, anything that I'm trying to think of what else would be like red spots, um, neutralizes the red skin. Oh, acne, scars, rosacea, and even windburn. So, you know, or just wear sunscreen and moisturizer in your goggles and you should be fine. But um, so those are the basic colors we're going to talk about. Green, 
peach, orange, yellow, and purple. Um, sometimes they say periwinkle. Sometimes they say purple. I'm going purple. And so I've got products for you to check out. I have a product that you can splurge on, which it's not a huge splurge, but if you're a Shape Tape girly, Shape Tape does have color correcting concealers for 30, excuse me, $30. Um, they have a range of colors. I did not see purple on their repertoire, but they do have the green, the orange, the peach, and the yellow. And so um, definitely check those out if you are a Shape Tape lover. I mean, I am. I do love a Shape Tape. I have it. I always have to have it. I don't always use it. Sometimes I go between my concealers, but that's always a tried and true. So that's going to be our most expensive. Next up is NYX has a palette that actually includes all of the colors, green, orange, peach, yellow, and the purple, and a brown that's kind of you can use for contouring. So I thought that was pretty cool. And it's only $10.99, super affordable, super easy to find at Target or Ulta. So that is the NYX color correcting palette. Um, next up, we have the e.l.f. $5 color correcting concealers. They came in green, orange, peach, and yellow, so no purple, but super affordable. Five freaking bucks, right? Just buy the colors that you need. Target, Ulta, same thing. Um, these next ones are actually, I thought they were cheaper at Target, but they had way more color options available at Ulta. So it was $4.99 at Target. It was $5.50 at Ulta. Not that big of a difference. But it is the LA Girl Pro Conceal, and they had every shade imaginable for skin tones. And then they also had the color correcting shades. So I thought that was amazing. I was like, I'm definitely going to have to try these out and report back to you guys. I currently have the e.l.f. peach um, color corrector. I use it every morning underneath my eyes. I feel like I might try and start using the yellow because I do feel like my under eyes go between like brownish and bluish. And so just depending on the day and what I'm dealing with. I think it's kind of nice to have the option of both, which is probably why the NYX color correcting palette is such a good buy as well. Like who knows when you're going to have redness come up or yell, you know, yellowish skin. Maybe if you're, your skin is just a little bit off or you're not feeling yourself or you're not feeling great. I think it's nice to have all the options available, but for the other ones, super cheap, five bucks, four ninety nine. I mean, if you're someone though, that like you're like, I constantly know I've got to color correct, you know, my bluish brownish under eyes, then you know to buy the Shape Tape Peach. There you go. Um, and just spend your $30 there. But I just think color correcting is one of those things where it's like we're, we're putting too much makeup on and it's not doing the job that we think it should. And so let's work smarter, not harder, and color correct lightly super light, like the little, um, foot on my concealer for color correcting is so small and it's just the smallest amount that I have to put on it. It spreads beautifully. It evens out really well. I honestly could go with just that because what it's doing is exactly what you want it to, right? It's getting rid of the dark circle. It's getting rid of that, um, that under eye appearance. And so in a pinch, color correcting is meant to just do its job and be done, but if you're a girly that likes your makeup, then absolutely put your concealer on top and kind of brighten that area up a little bit. Um, but color correcting is one of those things that as we age, it becomes important for us to try because instead of just adding more makeup to our skin, it's 
concealing the problem and then we can go in with the product that we really do enjoy. And so you're welcome for that and you're welcome for some new products to try out this weekend maybe. Head to your local Target or Ulta. I feel like I'm always there, but maybe you'll see me. Um, But thank you so much for listening. Don't go anywhere. We have a wonderful Beauty in the Berg episode coming up for you. We have a fashion and wellness and lifestyle blogger slash influencer from the Berg. Um, She's originally from West Virginia, but she's a Pittsburgh girly. And so you probably already are following her on Instagram. It is I always have to think of like her nickname that she talked about because her name looks like it's Gabrielle, but it's Gabrielle. And so it's just so freaking cool. I love it. So I love talking to her and I know you're going to love the conversation, all the ins and outs of being an influencer and talking about, you know, juggling that passion project with your nine to five, which I guess is sort of what I do with this. I'm juggling, you know, my teaching career with my podcast and I, but I do it because I love it. And that's pretty much why she's doing it too. And so keep listening for our interview for our latest beauty in the Berg. And I will see you and talk to you next time. Hi. Peace out, everybody. Good morning, Pittsburgh. That was good. That was great. Katie, your radio heard this early. Um, So we are here with Gabrielle. Did I say it right? You got it. You got it, girl. We call her. It's you say your friends call you Gaby. Yes. Uh, yes. I, Ever since I've been little. So fun. That's yeah. such a fun name. But you yeah. probably get Gabrielle a lot. Oh yes. Gabrielle. Gabrielle's like my alter ego. So if anyone calls me that, that. maybe I'll be a little spicier. Ooh, but it's yeah. always been Gabrielle. And I'm the baby of my family, so it's been baby Gaby forever. That is <laughs> Such an easy way to remember it too, though. Like that actually, it's, I love that. I'm the baby of the family too. It's a different type of personality. It is. It is. I love being a baby. I I like being the baby of the family. I, it fits, it fits us well, clearly. But let's dive into our conversation. You are here. You are a lifestyle blogger, but you're obviously so much more. So I always say where, where did you get started and how did it really bring you to where you are now, what was your background in and sort of how did that trajectory lead you to here? Yeah. So I have honestly always had a passion for photography and editing. Like even back in middle school, I was using like way before anyone used Lightroom or any of the editing apps. I used one called Picnic. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And I would... Yeah, this was like 2004 and my friends mm-hmm. would like send me their MySpace pics to edit for them. And yes. yeah, so I was always like a social media girly, even though I had to like ask my parents' permission to even have a MySpace because like the first few weeks I wasn't even allowed to have one, oh you know, God, back to like social that. media gray area. So I've always genuinely loved it. And I, in um, my first job out of out of uh, high school or out of college, I was a, a morning show reporter. So I majored in broadcasting and TV. And as a TV reporter, you know, that was kind of the first time that I'd always been really active on social media, but that was the first time that it wasn't really just, you know, a personal page, but suddenly I had an audience that was following me along on social media. Mm-hmm really because, you know, news viewers would be 
tuning in online and then they'd switch over and, and want to follow along with like the day to day. And so during that time, I was building up a following and was posting. And then I left the news industry. I just, you know, the, the hours to everyone who can stay in news, amazing. I truly don't know how people do it because the hours oh, are crazy. I, I was a morning show reporter. So I was on air starting at 4.30 every day. And that meant I had to get up at two in the morning. And so just crazy hours was not for me. So left news, but just genuinely always enjoyed being on camera. I was a, I'm a rare person that loves public speaking. I, I really enjoyed that. And a lot of you know, people like are, are scared of public speaking, right. yeah. scared of performing. It's been something I've always loved. And so when I left news, I kind of went through this identity, not crisis, but just, you know, I, I missed it. I genuinely missed getting to engage with audiences that way. And I started working in marketing, which I still do. And I just knew I always wanted to start a blog. I wanted to, you know, still do photos and video for fun. I, right. I had gained these great video skills because as a reporter, I often filmed my own packages. So it was about 2021. I went on a vacation to Savannah, Georgia with my mom and I brought my camera and you know, Savannah is so gorgeous. It's super Amazing. picturesque. Amazing. And so, yeah, my mom and I just kind of tagged along. We'd be photographing the different places we went and the different outfits I wore. And I see that as like the official start for when I was like, okay, I'm just going to get past this fear of, you know, wanting to put myself out there online because there definitely yeah. was that was, okay, I don't have this news personality identity anymore. I'm just going to show up as me. And mm -hmm. there was definitely a time where I felt like really intimidated to do that and thought it needs to be perfect. It needs to be this, or I need to have this branding. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do it. Just yeah. start posting what makes me happy for fun. And so I started that, like I said, about 2021 and I just immediately found this great community online of other bloggers and other like-minded people who were maybe into the same style or the, you know, grew up in Pittsburgh and love the same restaurants that I enjoy here. And so it was around that time that I just kind of was like, I'm going to do this, you know, as, as much as I can do it regularly. And so I started pitching to brands that I loved and wanted to work with. And then over time, they would start pitching to me. And so it's been about two years now. And I've grown over 10,000 followers that are just incredible. And it's been so much fun. It's been a great like creative hobby of mine that has just been truly like one of the most fulfilling and exciting parts of my day. I genuinely love it and, and I'm excited. It's fun to get to break up my normal nine to five and do this. Well, that's what I was going to ask you because on, you know, just looking at your page and everything that you post, it's like, this girl's got to be doing this full time. Like that looks like a full time gig, right? And you see these people who um, are online and they're the influences that are posting the outfits and posting all of these links. And it's on to, I think the lay person, if you will, they're like, oh my God, that must be so great. Like so easy. But there's a lot of work involved in 
keeping that type of thing running. And so you talked about having your nine to five, you talked about marketing. So how do you really balance the two on a day to day? Yeah, you you're exactly right. It's a lot. And, and I do, you know, because I enjoy this so much, I think that makes it easy. And I've always been the type that like, I, I need to stay busy. I enjoy being busy. I, and I need a creative hobby. I've, I did theater for years. I, you know, I've always done singing and performing in some capacity. So for me, I need that kind of creative outlet and this is it for me. Um, but that means sometimes, you know, in the morning before I go to work, I will, film a campaign I've got to do, or especially because, you know, with lighting, that's so important for film right. that especially yeah, in the winter, it gets so tricky. So I have to do that in the morning before I go to work. And there's a lot of days where after work, I'm working on different, you know, campaigns and the weekend. Um, but like I said, it's so fun. I think if I didn't enjoy it this much, it would feel a lot more like work. But I genuinely love it. And that makes it, you know, so much easier for me to balance it. Well, what would you say to people who are looking at that idea of, you know what, I would love to start something on the side. I would love to get into something like this. How do you really, though, set those boundaries so you have time to spend time with loved ones and family and have, you know, your own personal time too? So how do you sort of really make sure you carve out that time. Yeah, that's so important. And I'm a big believer in, you know, living a life that feels balanced for each of us. So for me, I know, like, I always think of myself as a social introvert, but I know that I need alone time to recharge and regroup. And mm -hmm. I feel my best when I am balanced, like when I'm making time for exercise or yoga or mindfulness or just having that alone time. But I think for anybody, it's about to just trusting your gut and what feels good. Like, I think that's a big part of social media too. Some people say like, they get into a comparison trap. Social media feels negative. My biggest advice for that too is then stop scrolling, you know, hop off there. If it's not serving you, and that could be anything in life. If something is not bringing you joy or if it's not making you happy and it feels like it's draining your energy, then that maybe doesn't mean you need to take a break from it forever. But I think that definitely means you should pause. But I think just like you said, boundaries are so important. And especially because a lot of this job involves being on my phone. So I really try to be present if I'm with my fiance and we're out on a date. You know, I never try to have my phone out. I try to keep it away. And I try to just be really intentional about phone time because it is a big part of my content creation life, but it's also, I, I do social media and marketing for my nine to five too. So if you look at my screen time on my phone, it's a lot. Yeah. And I try to just, you know, then just be intentional about it. So when I'm working, I'm trying to work. So I'm really not a big scroller unless it's, you know, serving me, I'm engaging or I'm doing something purposeful. But I think that could be said for anything, you know, do what feels right. And if it doesn't, take a break, take a pause, and then come back to it when you feel recharged. Well, I love that you brought up the comparison game because I do think that especially women in, in this generation feel like that's the first thing, right? When you go onto social media, regardless of the app that you're on, there is that comparison game and that need to sort of not only compare, but desire and think less of yourself because of that. How do you you know, with the, 
the market being so saturated and everyone sharing so much, how do you show up authentically and with confidence to make sure that, you know, you're not one of the girls that's like, okay, I'm comparing myself to her. I'm, you know, it's a natural thing. How do you fight that? Yeah, that is something I'm so passionate about too, because I especially think as women, we you know, are people that I think struggle with this, especially in our teenage years, but sometimes, you know, into our adult years too. It's it's true that comparison is a thief of joy. I always remember yes. that. Yep. And it's something so natural that we all do, but in the moment, it's it's so difficult when we start comparing ourselves to others. And I know that, you know, it's been for me, the biggest game changer in just feeling confident in myself, I um, it's been a lifelong, a lifelong process. I mean, I am someone that I did theater since I was in second grade. So oh my living for that applause um, yes. can generate certain emotions. It's very competitive. It's very hard to start thinking of yourself, like defining yourself by the type of roles you get or what people say about your performance. And then I did pageants. I did Miss Ohio. I did Miss West Virginia. Oh another very yeah. competitive field where it's so easy to fall into that comparison trap. And looking back, I would think at the time, wow, I... I I, I know now that I was not confident in myself at those times, which I think goes to show for anybody. You may look at someone who is on stage or on camera and think that they're confident, but I'm a huge, huge believer that it starts inside. And what really, really has helped me immensely was I got my 200 hour yoga teacher certification a few years ago. And that's amazing. Yeah. And anyone who practices yoga, you know that it is truly just as much about the mind as it is the body. And I learned the power of mindfulness, the power of going inward to understand yourself. And I think the more we get to know ourselves, truly then confidence becomes a result of that because you feel at peace with who you are. You feel comfortable in your own skin. But I do think it takes practice and it's not something that happens overnight. And it's just about, you know, understanding we all have these struggles we go through. We give ourselves these limiting beliefs in life. And I think it's so important to just see them for what they are and just, you know, surround yourself with people who uplift you. That's huge because I think that really will have an impact on you and what you think about yourself. But I also think it comes with age too and time. Yes. You know, it's yes. truly something. And I love to, you know, be a mentor to younger girls, especially because I know it's something that girls struggle with. Of course, boys struggle with it too. But I do think that, you know, these younger generations, I love to help them and understand what they're going through because I think that right. feeling confident in your own skin is a life changing experience. And I'm so passionate about that, but knowing that, yes, it takes time, but it's truly just becoming your own best friend is what will really make that difference. And I love that you said it does come with age because I do think that that's something that it's so hard to hear that as a young person, but it's like, okay, but there is light. Like this doesn't have to be permanent. This doesn't have to be, you know, long lasting. And even though it still exists in womanhood, it's one of those things where it's like, it gets better, it gets easier, but it's so great hearing that from someone that clearly is dealing with, you know, not the comparison game, but you're in that sort of realm 
where it's constant. And I mm -hmm. feel like my eyes about to explode from pollen. So <laughs> no, as a video, no, I'm like, a big allergy girl. Well, actually, when I was on the news, it was terrible because I struggle with allergies terribly. So every morning where our show was about four hours and the first two hours of the show, I you would think I had a cold every single morning. And then by about oh, like 7 a.m., my sinuses would clear up. Yeah, I, it would sort of like, yeah, it adjusted itself. I know yeah. it's just the season, but like I I'm like my eye was like twitching, but it's okay. Most people just listen. <laughs> so you don't have to see it. You them. still look beautiful. Um, oh, thank you. <laughs> but I want to talk about what are really, I've seen some of the brands that you work with. But talk to us about, you know, you talked about how you would reach out to brands and now brands are reaching out to you. What does that really look like for someone that is either just getting started or is thinking about this? What is the best way to approach or is there sort of like a follower minimum that these brands are looking for? What is it that um, people should be sort of striving for if this is their goals? Such a good question. I love talking about this because when I got started, I had no idea how to get started. I think that this is an industry where you really learn about it on the fly. And so yeah. I think the more people talk about it, it will just help each other. I'm always excited when girls message me because I was always someone that was messaging other bloggers, asking them questions because it's not like there's a manual or a job description for this. You just got to learn as you go. It's very true. And so very true. my best advice when I got started, I tried to think about myself in a day and who or what are the brands that I interacted with. So starting with the morning, you know, I am a big Folgers coffee girl. So I'd have Folgers in the morning. <laughs> Love the cup of Folgers. Yes, <laughs> it's so good. And then I think, okay, well, then I get ready for the day. What outfits am I wearing? What brands do I like to wear? Um, you know, I, I pack a certain meal for the day. What kind of foods do I like? What candles am I lighting? What body products am I using? What makeup do I like? So I really try to think about brands that I genuinely love because I am a big believer too in influencer marketing. It needs to be like at the core, influencer marketing is all about relationship building. But, you know, at the center of that is really having your audience trust you. And so that means promoting brands that you genuinely love because it's going yeah. to be so clear when you don't genuinely love a brand, it's going to be clear to your audience. So you want to, you know, talk about brands you actually enjoy. And so that's what I, where I started now did Folgers email me back. I don't think I've ever heard a peep from them. So <laughs> of course you're not going to always hear back from these brands that you, you know, love working with, but were there some that I heard back from? Oh my gosh, I was blown away. I remember one of the first, and I probably was a third of the size that I am now. And it's one of my favorite skincare brands. They're in the clean beauty space. It's called Osea. I yes. messaged them on Instagram. I had barely even started any kind of content creation at this point, but I just said, hey, I love your brand. I would love to share about your products with my followers. Would you be willing to send me some of your you know, bestsellers and I'll create content about them? 
Well, I was mind blown. They sent me a package of like four of their different products and you this made my year. I mean, I was so excited to actually have these products and you know, right, it, it was so exciting and I did not have a big following at the time, but I think they genuinely felt like they understood I love the brand and I'd be happy to share about them. And so I'd say that's a great place to get started. Just know the brands you love. And absolutely, I did this and I am now an engaged woman and I've done this with brands. Slide into their DMs. <laughs> How I met my fiance. And that's totally a rule of thumb. It's, I this is brands. your this is that might have to be the title. Like just slide into those DMs because you're doing it for the businesses. Yes. You're doing it for the future hubby. Totally. I love that. Yeah. Be where the so people are. are. You know, they're on Instagram. Brands are on there. They're checking their DMs. So I think it's a great way to get yourself out there. I, I think it's genius. And you're so you're so right. Like everybody is on their social yeah. media in some way, shape, or form. And so Folgers one day, come on, people. Like hit hit come her on. because she's gather like, around the good stuff. That might be Campbell's slogan, but <laughs> Or is Folgers, yeah, it's um, the best part of waking uh, up, or is that Yes, they always have the best jingles. And I'm a sucker for a Folgers. jingle. So I think that's also why I love them. <laughs> it is a good one, though. It's, it's a solid choice. So talk to us about what are some of the ways that you create your content? Um, how do you build? I mean, your photography is beautiful. Are you taking these photos yourself? Is this like a tripod situation? Are you hiring, you know, the fiancé to do this? How does this content all come together? Yes. So when I first got started, I would say, oh my goodness, I was so lucky because 80% of my content at that time was probably from my mama, who is amazing, nice. has zero photography experience, but she is great. So just know you don't need a professional to work with. You need a, a person with a steady hand and you know a, a good a good phone a camera something and she's she's amazing i was fortunate too that she enjoyed doing it with me um but i'd say at first a lot of it was my mom my fiance's definitely been a trooper and he's done great photos for me in a pinch when i need them but i'd say now probably 99% of the time, it's just me in a tripod with a remote okay. clicker. I bought it off Amazon, $10. And it's amazing. And it's just me and the camera, which I think, you know, is is so easy. A lot of time when I'm doing it inside, definitely gets a little more intimidating when we're stepping out and about and we're, you know, <laughs> out there with our tripod. Yes, it gets right. really nerve wracking. But I promise everybody across the board says that too. I don't think anybody out there feels super, super comfy taking pictures in public. But you know, it takes a couple minutes and then you're done. Um, and it does get great photos, like whether you're at the coffee shop or a flower shop or something like that, it's worth it. But it definitely gets nerve wracking. <laughs> Do you feel like there's with your nine to five and sort of having to juggle all of this, are you creating multiple pieces of content sort of batching it or are you, is it something where it's like, as it comes up, you know, you're doing it every Tuesday or you're, you know, how do you set those guidelines for yourself? Yeah. Batch shooting is amazing, especially because of having different channels, because I may shoot something for Instagram in this outfit and I'll just do some extra behind the scenes and put that on TikTok or put it on YouTube shorts. So I tried it because it, you know, different content does well in different places. Instagram, I think okay. is still a little more 
um, not filtered, but it's a little more aesthetic and, you know, there's more, I think, creativity sometimes in the filming that goes into Instagram, whereas TikTok users love something that feels super off the cuff, feels really authentic and candid. So they're a little different, but batch shooting is definitely my favorite way to go. But because of just my schedule, a lot of times I can really only batch shoot on weekends or if I have a day off. Other than that, it's I make a schedule for myself on Monday, say, okay, I have these campaigns that I need to film. I have these ones that I need to edit. I have these ones that I'm waiting on brand approvals. So there is quite a bit of a process of back and forth that goes into it. And then um, the beautiful thing then is when they're all ready to be scheduled and, and published out. But like you said, a lot of times, you know, that's what people see, but there is, that's the tip of the iceberg and there's so much else that goes into the process oh, for sure um but it's fun i genuinely like i said i like it it's it's a lot of fun to get to be creative in that way of thinking of the idea and you know dreaming it up is always fun especially i love the filming part that's probably my favorite part of it all so for if it's fashion or if it's skincare you talked about the brand sending you product is it something where it's dependent on the brand? Are you getting just a simple paycheck for them to do this and you're buying the product? Are they giving you the product and you're also getting paid or does it just really kind of depend on who you're working with? Yeah, that's a great question. I would say when I started out and I was building up and I would give this advice to others too, when you're starting out, Except, you know, gifted campaigns are great. A gifted campaign is when they send you product and they want you to post in return, or maybe they don't. Maybe they just want you to try out the product, but there's going to be no payment. At first, that's a great way to build up a portfolio, have content that you can then show brands down the road when you want paid collabs. Say, here's other campaigns I worked on with these brands. So gifted campaigns honestly are great. And that's, you know, especially if you're someone who enjoys fashion or makeup or food, you know, foodie bloggers, there's great product you'll get from it. And so for me, I always enjoyed that. I've always been a sucker for a freebie. If I'm at a fair or something and they're handing out, you know, free stuff, I'm, I'm all for it. It's very fun, especially when it's like yes. a mascara or something I love. So at first it was a lot of that, but I'm really excited and, and grateful to be where I am now, where I'd say most of the campaigns I do now are paid. And that is just honestly mind blowing to me. And I will never stop being grateful for that, that it is something I genuinely love so much and now get to make money doing. Um, but also I'd say it really depends. There's certain brands um, where per, like Abercrombie, I just worked with Abercrombie, for example, and it was they had me pick out five you know, new arrivals from their site was not paid for it but i love abercrombie so i was over the moon to get to create content for them um and then there's other brands i work with like francesca's where i work with them on a monthly basis and i get clothes from them but also i get paid as well from them which is just you know always so exciting and i truly do hope to do this full-time someday and so you know, learning all about the business of influencer marketing and how you can make money through especially different revenue streams from it has been really exciting to me. I've always been an entrepreneurial spirit myself. My parents have always owned their own businesses too. So it's been in me since I was little, but yeah, I've definitely worked up to, you know, where I am getting money for it. And 
like I said, I like talking about it because I think also understanding what kind of rates do I charge or, you know, how do I do negotiations with influencer marketing is not something many can find out there either. So I think the more we talk about it, it really will just help the industry as a whole and make sure people are getting, you know, paid what they're putting out. And it's a lot like freelancer work, you know, it's just understanding what works for each person. Yeah. And I love that you brought up the fact of, you know, negotiations and talking about that, because I think for somebody that has no idea, it does seem like something that would just be like a flat fee that they're just going to send you. But that negotiation, is it based on engagement? Is it based on following based on years of experience? Is that all sort of tied into it? Yes. Yes. And I will say I have, I have a a standard rate that I really try to shoot for with every brand. And I kind of have a few different ones. Like if they just want a carousel post, that's a certain rate versus if they're looking for a reel because that takes more time to do the video and the editing, that's a higher price, especially because that also can generate more reach since reels are able to reach more people than a static carousel post would. So I have a base rate. But I will say with the negotiation process, sometimes a brand, you know, will come in and offer a price that's above what I would have told them is my rate. So I think it's important to know, you know, exactly what their deliverables are. Who is this brand that's coming to you? What's included? Um, And a big part of the the campaigns I work on are from agencies that represent brands. So for example, I I work with JCPenney a good bit, but I always go through the marketing agency that represents JCPenney. And I think that's becoming really common in the influencer marketing space is having these marketing agencies that represent them. And I actually worked for a marketing agency a couple years ago, so I know a bit more about how those negotiations work. And so that's definitely helped. But I would always say, you know, I, I've asked other girls and other bloggers about what they charge for something. They've come to me for that. So I think that helps to make sure everybody feels like they're getting, you know, paid what they're putting out. So definitely asking has has helped a lot. Do you feel as though with reels and carousel posts and TikTok and YouTube shorts and you're talking about all of these things? What is your personal preference and does it, does it, and do brands seem to have a personal preference or is there sort of across the board? Yeah, I think Instagram reels. So there's two different kind of types of content creation. I'd say the majority would be a brand coming and asking me to post about them on my page. And I'd say 90% of that is going to be reels. I think that Instagram was, you know, so prioritizing video content that brands were definitely putting their dollars behind video a lot more. But there's also a type of content called user-generated content, UGC, which is when a brand may come to me and say, I want you to create photo content for this brand, but then I just have to give them the files and I don't actually post about it myself. 
Okay. And that's definitely something I think we're seeing evolve. And I really think it's because, you know, they're seeing that that kind of content is what people like seeing online and they're paying a content creator to shoot that content instead of perhaps their own social media manager shooting all content right. or hiring a photographer and a model and this or that to shoot. So I'm seeing more of a shift in UGC and I see a lot of photo content when they're requesting that one. Well, you to go back to that for a second, do you feel as though I see on Instagram too, like I'll do it with with guests where you collaborate on the post? Do you feel as though brands are using that feature as well? So then it sort of like spotlights who's in the photo or is it still just them tagging you or are you not tagged at all in that type of content? We love the collaborator feature. I <laughs> wish that all brands would do that because I think that that, I mean, that is huge for the content creator too, who makes that. And it's a win-win right. because then the brand is tapping into your audience, you're tapping into theirs. It feels yeah. like a strong partnership. But I don't see that that is as common yet. Um, I think that they definitely are, I'd say the majority I'm seeing are tags. Like they'll tag, you know, a content creator in the post. When they don't tag, that is either bad guidelines where, you know, they should be tagging or perhaps it is a user generated content where that was maybe never in the negotiation process that they needed to gotcha. credit the person. Yeah. Cause it's kind of like with writing where, you know, some books may have what's called a ghost writer that would come oh, yeah. on with an author and help write, but they're not the ones, you know, getting the author name on the book, but they're contributing. And I see kind of that's what UGC could be, but I am all for the collaborative feature. I just think it's great. So hopefully yeah, more I, brands will I start using that. It, it seems genius for brands, especially when, you know, you can, like you just said, you're dipping into both audiences. Um, but I kind of want to jump to TikTok for a minute. How do you feel as um, someone who is generating content? Do you feel as though there's a specific category does fashion do better makeup wellness what does best on tiktok do you think for me by and large on tiktok it's humor anytime i post okay. a video that is funny or relatable those are the ones that are going to do the best on tiktok and okay. you know it, and it's funny because i have had several instances where i'll post the identical video on both instagram and tiktok I remember one that is still my best performing TikTok. It's at 500,000 views. It's, it's, it, you know, was at half a million. It took off, got a lot of likes. Instagram, maybe 4,000 views. So it's so funny that the yeah. same exact video to two different audiences is going to perform so differently. But I think TikTok loves humor. Um, but I do see that fashion does well on TikTok, especially affordable fashion. So if it's an Amazon find, it's going to do great on okay. TikTok. If it's a dupe, you know, it could be a makeup dupe, which we're not allowed to say dupe on TikTok, but you know, where people all find their way around it. But interesting. It, I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, it's one of those things where some people will get flagged and taken, you know, the post down for saying dupe. Yeah. Some people are fine with saying it. So I think it super depends probably on like how big the following is too. But yeah, yeah dupe can get I you taken down. I literally just did an entire episode on summer makeup dupes. 
but thankfully the episode's not on TikTok, so we were well, fine, I yes. guess. Instagram, but, I think, is still um, good to say dupe. I don't know why it's it's uh, being so knocked on there. But probably because TikTok, we do talk about dupes a lot because, you know, we love a dupe. It's it's a good, affordable brands, find. The brands that you're creating those dupes for are probably like, wait, we're losing money because of these damn I know. I mean, at the end of the day. So as a content creator and someone who is – you know, on all of these different platforms, how much of what you're posting is content that you're being asked to create and how much of it is just something you're choosing to put out there? Or are you really only coming to your stories with your own content? Like, how do you juggle all of That's that? That's such a good question because I try to keep that top of mind because if I'm feeling like, oh, I've got a lot of paid collabs happening, I really try to supplement with more organic content, which would just be, you know, content that's not sponsored, not paid, and is just genuinely me talking about something or just, you know, I love creating kind of those aesthetic reels where it's just showing, you know, maybe it's a trip. Like I just, um, my bachelorette bridesmaids that I was just with, they created this beautiful boho picnic for our, one of our, our days on my bachelorette trip. So I'm creating this video of just like the beautiful decor that they used and hoping to spark ideas for someone, you know, that I love sharing bridal because as someone who's getting married in August, I've been constantly looking at ideas and ways to save money oh, yeah. and DIYs and things like that. So I really like inspo videos like that where people can get ideas. Um, and the reason for that, I mean, even when a, a, something is paid or sponsored, I'm super picky on the brands I work with that I'm not going to work with a brand unless I genuinely love their product. And I'm lucky that I do get to work with brands that I love. But at the same time, I really do like to have a balance of posting, you know, more organic and content that is just for fun, just just me posting too. So I really try to have at least a 50-50 balance of both. But if I had to pick, I like having more organic than than sponsored either way. Well, I want to – let's kind of move into some – because you are I, – I mean, I know that you called yourself a lifestyle blogger, but yes. I consider you an influencer because you do influence Aww. people. So I want to get some influencer, like uh, like a quick quiz, if you will. Are you ready? I'm so ready, Tori. Bring it on, girl. All right. Favorite summer style right now? Like what is your go-to like summer uniform do you think? Uh, See, and I don't think this is a right now because I love these always, but for me, it's a maxi tiered floral dress. So I am a garden party girly to the core. I love the, the coastal, not a full coastal grandma, but like a coastal okay. grandma going to a garden party. That That is my vibe right there. You're like the coastal auntie. The coastal it's auntie, darling. I love it. It's still young. It's still fresh. Yes. Okay, I love that. And I've seen those. I've seen those dresses on your post. Oh, and they're you my favorite. Them, so I, I, that's a beautiful. Favorite summer makeup product. Favorite summer makeup product. I'm really loving. Um, I got it from um Ulta I love any kind of like a tinted moisturizer so in the summer yes. I'm all for just something real light and dewy on the face so I instead of just being fully bare I like a, a barely there is she wearing makeup is she not oh yeah just dewy oh yeah Okay, I love that. Do you have a brand that you like? Yes, I love the Ilia Skin Tint. Theirs is wonderful. Oh, that and is it has good. hyaluronic yeah. acid in it, so it's super hydrating because I am a major dry skin mm -hmm. girly, so I need hydration. 
And it smells like Play-Doh to me, which may not be everyone's favorite, but I love it. It feels, it's like so nostalgic to me. So I love that one. That is hilarious. (laughs) I don't think that's a scent that like, yeah, like you're right. Like, I don't think people are like, oh yeah, no, sign me up. Yes. Right. But like, I kind of see where you're coming from. It's avant-garde. Yeah. I I love it. I don't know. So it's so nostalgic to me. It's, it's subtle though. It's not overpowering, but a little whiff will be like a little childhood man. bringing you back. So what is something that is like super trendy right now out, whether it's Instagram, TikTok, where you've seen it all over and it's just like not your vibe? Ooh, I think I've never been one for like the, the kind of like, we're seeing this like nineties grunge come back. Like the low rise cargoes. I, there's some, there's, I saw them today mm -hmm, in school. mm -hmm. You know, there are some gals out there, they pull it off. They look great. Me, I can't do it. I can't do it. I saw, where did I see it posted? I saw a low rise denim skirt, a denim Mm -hmm. belt that had like the grommets. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes. Yes. Like Avril Lavigne grommets. It took me to a dark place. I was like, why are we doing right. this? Why are we doing this? Oh, it's bad. I, know. I, I have to agree with you. There are some like 90s vibes. Like I like a, like a an acid wash tea, but yes. like, that's really kind of as grungy yeah. as I can go. I love a, like a Jennifer Aniston 90s or like a You've Got Mail yes. main character 90s girl vibe. Uh, love that. Love that. That's great. Yes. That's uh, yes. Yes. But the I grunge, well. I just, it's not me. It's not me. But some gals, like I said, they can rock it. But I, I, I know cannot. they can. And more power to them. Yeah. More power to Tote. them. What is your go to summer shoe? Ooh, I love a wedge. I love a wedge. Okay. I have this pair that I'm obsessed with that have like a rattan kind of like it's like straw. Like, you know what I'm talking about? It's yes, like wicker yes. almost, mm-hmm. like a wicker yep. wedge. Love that. Super boho-y. Um, but I love okay. a heel. I am that girl. I would wear heels in high school, like to class. So I am a I'm a heel gal. I just I, I love feeling tall. I'm not a big gym girl, so I think when I wear heels, it kind of feels like a calf exercise. So I'm okay, like, so this is my exercise. Believe me, <laughs> after I wore heels for the first time after having like my appendix out, and I like the muscles clearly were like, girl, we have <gasps> not done this in a while. Like, oh, it definitely see, was a workout. This is science. You're proofing me, right? I, know. I just oh. I used to live in heels for work, and then I think like once I had the boys, I was like, you know, oh yeah, I'll do it like the first couple weeks here and there. And then eventually, you know, it's riding boot season and yes. it's booty season. And oh, yeah. A boot Love heel a boot. is different than a high heel. It's just Yeah. Different. And I always, I like the heels that are chunkier because I feel like they're comfier yes. in a wedge. I could yes, live in a wedge because I think they're so comfy, but they still give yes. you the height. Are you, a, are you a short girly? Are you like an average Okay, so size? something really funny. I swear to you, this is not a false story. Up until last year, I swear to you, I thought he was 5'4". Like my driver's license will say I'm 5'4". And I told that okay. to my fiance who I've been with for five years. And he's like, you're like 5'7". And I was like, no, I'm not. Oh my God. He pulls out a tape measure. I'm 5'7". It was, I think that's the day Were I gained you? my confidence back. I was like, I'm a like, football wait. player. I mean, what? 
you, there's a whole like three inches that you just never knew. About. I know. And it's like, how often in life do we actually measure ourselves? I just assumed that that was how tall I am. I mean, I've got a very short family. So I think I just knocked a couple inches off thinking I was one of them. But here I am, five seven. So I'm. I don't think I'm a short girl. Your future hubby was like, yeah, girl. He's like, my license or my uh, driver's license will still say five three. (laughs) Just, just leave it. My, I feel like most men's like theirs always say something higher. Exactly. It's just it's the exact opposite. I love that. I do love a wedge though. I think a wedge, especially in the summer. I wish there was like a way to make a wedge work in the. I used to have like a wedge boot, but they don't wear the same. Yeah, totally. As a wedge that's like summer and breezy and light. What is some of your favorite music to listen to right now? Oh my goodness. I I am that music girl. I'm all over the place. If you look at my Spotify wrapped, it will be absolutely hysterical. But I love like here's here's the quick the quick genre. Like today, I'm a, I'm a musical theater girl, so I love some Broadway. I love mm-hmm. any kind of like mellow indie music. Um, okay. Johnny Swim, I love them. The yes. singers, Mom is Donna Summers. So I also love oldies. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes, I love oldies. Like all Bachelorette weekend, they were probably expecting like today's top hits. I literally played nothing but like eighties. <laughs> love Frankie Valley in the Four Seasons. Like I'm a sixties so girl. Fun, yeah, I love it. But my my fiance keeps me hip because he's really good on finding like eclectic new bands. So he. He okay. keeps me cool, but I, I have such an old soul. I love oldies. Oh, but that's so fun. And I ask this question to everybody, and not always because like, sometimes I just forget. And I know we already talked about a beauty product, but I'm telling you, you can only choose one, whether it's skincare or makeup. It has to be your ride or die. What are we picking? Oh, mascara, hands down. Love mascara. Your favorite kind? Okay. So I... I have so many. I'm I'm the same way with mascaras that I am with music. In a single day, I I have like five favorites. But I am loving the the L'Oreal Telescopic. Okay. It has been a longtime favorite of so many. I was very influenced by TikTok. I've not tried yes. the telescopic lift that like Michaela posted about and that one. Yes, blew I, up. and then it went, yeah, and everybody, yeah. yeah I've not tried it yet, but I was absolutely in a black hole yesterday watching videos comparing telescopic with telescopic lift. <laughs> they look identical to me. I think it is literally like okay. the eye doctor test. They, they were the same. But telescopic lift, or to just telescopic in the gold tube, like seven bucks okay. at CVS, phenomenal. I've been loving that one. I need to go. I'm, I'm, I've been instantly oh, influenced. Oh, please. It, it is amazing. I mean, the wand, like you have to kind of squint to even see a bristle. Like there is not a bristle in sight. So I don't know how it works. That is crazy. So I think that's half the reason I love it is because it's like magic to me. It's amazing. Okay. That's yeah. Give me, though. give it a try and tell me what you think. I'm, I mean, believe me, I will be putting that in my cart immediately. But tell us where everybody can follow you, can see all of your content, can see your funny videos. Give us all the good. Yes. So I am Gabrielle Payne underscore across the board. So Gabrielle, G-A-B-R-I-E-L-L-E, Payne, P-A-Y-N-E. And then just a little underscore symbol. I'm on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube shorts as well. I also have a Disney Princess Impressions video on uh, YouTube that is been my my one-time wonder that was my before before social media was my dream it was it was to work in disney world so i'm hoping a casting agent will see that bit someday 
did you have like a top princess in mind? So I actually was an understudy for Snow White. I was in the casting bank my Wonderful. back in 2014. I did not get the official call, but I got to go through like the wig fitting, the outfit fitting, all of that. Oh my goodness. She was definitely never going to be my top pick. I am devastated. This clearly needs means I need more self tanner. So I'm, I'm pale girly. <laughs> <laughs> but Snow White was I the love big self tanner. I, I get yeah. it. I totally. The Belle would have been I my see, pick. I was gonna say I was like I see you as a oh, Belle girly, like for sure. Melts in my heart. I wish. I just for I needed sure. some Saint Tropez. I needed some bronzer or something. And then, Something. okay, so I auditioned for Snow White, got the understudy, got on my high horse, and right out of college was like, I'm going to go audition again. Got there, did not even make the first cut for Belle, so I was so uh, sad. So, I don't know, destined to be Snow, I guess. <laughs> that's all right. We'll take it. I always, I, I'm very much like an Alice in Wonderland <gasps> girl, and she's not even one of oh. the princesses, so, like, it's I fine. so I'm see that in you, and also I know they can't see this right now, but you are surrounded by these beautiful flowers in the background with, like, a beautiful like baby blue shirt on with blonde hair you you are alice to me it's just it's just it's in my it's in my dna oh, i think it i really love is. alice in wonderland 100%. i see that so you. well thank you thank you so much for being here this was the best chat yes. i always love having girlies on that are just you're so open and you're willing to give you know all of your in, in, interesting info because i think that like we were saying it's one of those things that people assume is so easy assumes you know there's so many ins and outs. There's so many layers to it. Yes. And I love that you were so open to share those with us. So everybody go follow. I'm going to say it wrong. You got this girl. Baby. Gabriel. Woo! Do you know what I did to my head? I was like, baby, <laughs> See? baby, baby, that's you. what it is. Okay. So I will make sure that your um, tag is in our descriptor so everybody can go follow you. But thank you so much for being here, but you don't go anywhere. We're going to talk more about mascara off. Online. Let's do it. But thank you, everybody. We will see you and talk to you next time. Bye. Bye.